Well, this morning, we're going to focus on prayer. In the Gospel of Luke, the disciples, they see Jesus praying, and then they ask him to teach them how to pray. It's interesting to note that we don't hear the disciples asking Jesus to teach them to do anything else throughout the Gospels. They may have done so, but we just don't hear them asking. The only thing that they ask Jesus to teach them to do is to pray. They don't ask him to teach them how to preach or teach or cast out demons or heal the sick. The only thing they ask Jesus to teach them to do is to pray. And I believe this is because the disciples could see that there was something unique, there was something very different about the way that Jesus prayed compared to John the Baptist and the other religious leaders of their day. Jesus would often go off by himself to pray, unlike many of the Pharisees who took great pride in their long public prayers. When Jesus prayed, he addressed God as Father or Abba, which is the Aramaic word for Father, and it's a very intimate word. And it was out of this intimate relationship with his Father that the rest of Jesus' life and ministry flowed. The disciples could see this, and they wanted to learn how to relate to God in the same way that Jesus did, so they, they asked him to teach them how to pray. And so Jesus taught them by giving them a model for how to pray, which has come to be known as the Lord's Prayer. And then he tells a story of a friend who visits another friend late at night requesting bread to feed his guests. The friend, being asked for bread, gives it to avoid bringing shame on himself and his friend. And the implication is that this is what God is like. He avoids bringing shame on himself and on those who ask him. And then Jesus encourages us to, to ask and to search and to knock because God loves us more than any earthly parent could love us and he desires to give us good gifts. Now there's a lot in this particular passage that we could spend time on this morning, but we're just going to focus in on one petition from the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. Both Matthew and Luke record the Lord's Prayer. Matthew's version is the one that we, we know the most. It's the most familiar to us. It's the fullest version. Luke leaves out your kingdom come. Or sorry, he leaves out your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But otherwise it's pretty much the same. Our Father in the heavens, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your name, your kingdom, your will. Jesus is actually teaching us how to orient our lives. Put the Father first. Put the Father's concerns first. We see the same command in Jesus' uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which we just sang. And everything else that we need will be given to us. Christianity is not an attempt to escape this earthly human existence by denying our humanness. Jesus is actually teaching us how to live under his Father's reign and rule 
in the circumstances of our everyday life. And the incredible thing is that our Heavenly Father, who is concerned with hallowing his name, the coming of his kingdom, and his will being done, he's also concerned with fulfilling our everyday needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Much of Jesus' ministry and teaching have to do with bread. He used the example of yeast in bread to explain the invisible rising power of God's kingdom. He multiplied five loaves and two fish, feeding over 5,000 people. At the Last Supper, he took a piece of bread, broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. After Jesus raised from the dead, he appeared to two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they didn't recognize him until they ate dinner together. And when Jesus broke bread, then their eyes were opened. Bread, eating food, and hospitality are all central ingredients of life in God's kingdom. Eating is a sign of fellowship and friendship. In the Middle East, even today, when you eat a meal in someone's home, it's like they're saying to you, you're now part of the family. Give us this day our daily bread. What is Jesus teaching us to pray? What does he mean by our daily bread? Let's look at each word in reverse order. Bread, daily, hour. Bread. Jesus is not teaching us to ask for cake. He's teaching us to ask for bread. Bread in Jesus' day was basic to every meal. Instead of using a fork and a spoon and a knife, you would use bread to pick up your food. Bread is still one of the most basic foods around the world. And by focusing on bread, the most basic food, Jesus is actually covering every physical need that we could have. How? Well, bread costs money. Money requires work. And work requires a healthy economy and good government. Martin Luther explains that when we pray for bread, we are praying for everything necessary for the preservation of life. Food, a healthy body, good weather, house, home, wife, children, good government, and peace. We are praying that God would preserve us from all sorts of calamities, sickness, pestilence, hard times, war, revolution, and the like. Give us this day our daily bread is an all-encompassing request to satisfy our physical needs. Essentially, Jesus is teaching us how to ask our Heavenly Father for bread and everything necessary for making bread. And, but the making of bread was a struggle for many people in Jesus' day. They were living under the oppression of the Roman Empire. They were overtaxed. They were limited in their resources. Even today, bread is in short supply in many places around the world. According to the United Nations World Food Program, which is actually the largest humanitarian organization in the world, 345 million people from 82 countries are currently on the brink of starvation. Even here in Canada, one in eight families struggle to put food on the table every day. The problem with this petition 
is that many people who pray for food do not receive it. How do we resolve this problem? We'll come back to it in a minute. There's a great need for physical bread, but there's also a great need for spiritual bread. Jesus is teaching us to pray for both. The prophet Amos wrote, The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. Not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. Men will stagger from sea to sea and wander from north to east, searching for the word of the Lord. When Jesus is in the wilderness, he had been fasting for 40 days. He was hungry. The devil tempted him to turn stones into bread. And Jesus responds, Man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. After feeding the 5,000, large crowds of people gather around Jesus. And in John's Gospel, chapter 6, Jesus says, Amen. You are looking for me not because you saw the miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. Human beings need physical bread, but we also need spiritual bread. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are asking for everything necessary for the making of physical bread, but we are also asking God to speak to us by providing us with spiritual bread. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are praying, Father, you have designed us to be physical and spiritual creatures. You know what we need better than we do, and you know how best to fulfill our needs. We pray that you would provide us with physical bread. We pray for good government. We pray for farmers. We pray for those who process and package and deliver food to grocery stores. We pray for grocery stores and for the, for the food prices. We pray for enough financial resources for us to buy food, and we pray for opportunities to enjoy our food with others as a foretaste of your kingdom. And we also pray for our spiritual food. Lord Jesus, your words are spirit and they are life. Shine your light into our hearts through your words that we might live. Let us come to your words seeking not what we can get out of it, but humble us that we might let your words recreate us. Father, raise up Bible teachers and preachers. May your church be faithful in speaking forth your word into this generation. Give us ears to hear what you were saying. Feed us so that we would grow into the likeness of Christ and give us boldness to share what we hear you saying to us with others. Give us this day our daily bread. Daily. When Jesus' first disciples heard him say, our daily bread, the Exodus story would have immediately come to mind. As Moses was leading God's people out of Egypt and into the promised land, God gave them bread from heaven to eat. Every morning they would wake up and there would be fresh bread, fresh manna. 
and then by the evening it would be gone. God's command to them at the time was eat all, all you can during that one day and then take twice as much on Fridays so that you could rest on the Sabbath. For those who did not listen, the extra manna went rotten. God was teaching his people to trust him with their basic needs each day. Jesus says something similar in his Sermon on the Mount. Do not worry about you will, what you will eat or drink, for your heavenly Father already knows. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus is teaching us to trust our Heavenly Father with, with our basic needs day by day. Now, there's something deeper going on here. The word daily found in the Lord's Prayer cannot actually be found anywhere else in the Bible. And so over the last 2,000 years, scholars have come up with at least three possible interpretations. Daily can mean the obvious daily, each day. Give us this day our bread today. It can also mean give us this day our bread for tomorrow. But it can also mean give us this day the bread we need in order to survive each day. Now I think all of these are correct. And if we put them all together, Jesus is teaching us to pray, Father, give us today the bread that never runs out. One of our greatest fears is the fear of not having enough. We are managing now, but what about the future? If I lose, what, if, what happens if I lose my job? What if I get sick and cannot work? How will I survive? The anxiety and fear of not having enough can be crippling. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are praying, Father, Deliver us from the fear of not having enough to eat. Deliver us from the fear of not being able to provide for our children. Deliver us from worrying about rising inflation and the state of our economy. We trust that you will provide us with the bread for today and we ask that you would give us confidence that tomorrow we will have enough. Finally, our. Jesus is not teaching us to pray my Father, give me this day my daily bread, but our Father, give us this day our daily bread, our. The kingdom of God is not about me and my life and my needs. The kingdom of God is all about us and our needs. The hour includes everyone around us. The hour includes all the families of the world. The hour makes us socially aware. And this is where we come back to the problem of those who pray for bread but don't receive it. This prayer is, is actually a, a thorn in the flesh for those who are comfortable and living in luxury. Unequal distribution of wealth is one of the greatest problems of our time. In 2018, again, the United Nations reported the 26 richest people in the world have as much wealth as half the global population. That's 3.8 billion people. The three richest people in the world own more assets than 48 
of the poorest countries in the world combined. The problem is not just an issue of, of bad government. The problem has to do with the way that we see ourselves in relation to other people. The word our challenges the way that we think. Instead of having a scarcity mindset, Jesus wants us to have an abundant mindset. A scarcity mindset is thinking that we don't have enough. And so we hoard what we have without sharing, afraid that we won't have enough in the future. An abundant mindset is thinking that we have more than enough, and then we generously give. Mother Teresa of Calcutta described an occasion from her life. This is what she writes. An old gentleman came to the house and said that there was a family with eight children and they had nothing to eat and could do nothing for themselves. So I took some rice and went over. The mother took the rice from my hands. She divided, up, divided it into two and left the house. I could see the faces of the children shining with hunger. When she came back, I asked her where she went. She gave me a very simple answer. They were hungry too. She was speaking of the family next door who also had nothing to eat. I wasn't surprised that she gave, but I was surprised that she knew. I had not the courage to ask her how long her family had not eaten, but I am sure it must have been a very long time. And yet, she knew. In her suffering, in her terrible bodily suffering, she knew that next door they were hungry also. This woman with eight children may not have known the Lord's Prayer, but she had an abundant mindset. She knew that there was only our rice and not my rice, even though her children were starving. The hour forces us into mission. It challenges us to ask the question, am I my brother's keeper? Who is my neighbor? Who can I share my bread with? As you pray this prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Don't be surprised if you start noticing ways that you can give. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are praying, Father, please forgive us for living with a scarcity mindset. Thank you for all the ways that you provide for our needs. We praise you for your abundant generosity. We, we want to reflect your character and how we think, speak, and act. We want to have an our mindset and to share what you give us with those in need. Father, give us this day our daily bread. Amen.